Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365. Hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald. And John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! It is a football Friday, a much-anticipated football Friday here on Birds 365 because the countdown is on legitimately. Now we're only talking a couple of days, 50-some-odd hours, to the 49ers and Eagles at Lincoln Financial Field. Mac will be talking about it extensively for the next two hours, or at least Mac for one hour, and then Johnny Mac's got to get down to uh, South Philadelphia <clears throat> Eagles hands-on coverage and Mark Farzetta will jump in for him, but we'll give you two hours of Eagles 49ers talk here on Birds 365. Johnny Mac, know you were down there yesterday. Um, the thing that concerns me about Eagle injuries, and everybody's got injuries at this time of year, but you got to deal with them, uh, and the Eagles are maybe better equipped to deal with them, certainly than most teams and maybe every team in the league with the depth they built up on this team. Uh, does not look good for Fletcher Cox. Now, Fletcher Cox may throw on his cape and decide to play come Sunday, but uh, has not participated in either of the first two practices. And you've been doing this for years, specifically this year with this team. If you don't make the walkthrough Wednesday and the practice Thursday, percentage chance Fletcher Cox but going to be able to go on Sunday. Yeah, I, I, I would put it very low. I don't expect him to play, but I would put it a little bit higher than the typical player because of his status on the team and, and his veteran um, um, status and, and, and the fact that he doesn't need a lot of practice, mm-hmm. to be honest. So I put it, typically I put it at 5% or less. I'll go up to 15% with Fletcher, but I, I don't think he's going to play. Um I don't think he's going to play in the game, and uh, you're right. I mean, it happens. They 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 
lost them for the Jets game, and they lost that game. So if you look at it from that perspective, that's the only game they lost. He's had a very good season, um, big part of everything. You are going to get Milton Williams back. So, you know, he wasn't there last week. So maybe that kind of mitigates it a little bit. But, yeah, it's a – but as you mentioned, everybody's got injuries this time of year, and you just got to persevere the best you can. They've been doing it without Dallas Goddard. Uh, don't expect Dallas to play again this week. Do expect him back uh, next week at Dallas. Uh, Grant Calcaterra, don't expect him to play. Um, so they have the tight end issues again. Zach Cunningham's not going to play. Uh, so I think you're going to see big nickel. I think everybody's talking about um, Zach Cunningham, uh, uh, excuse me, Nick Morrow and, and Christian Ellis. I think you're going to see a lot of Kevin Byard, Sidney Brown, Reed Blankenship uh, with Nick Morrow. Um, Just a hunch, but uh, I think that's what you're going to see a lot of, especially on key third down situations. Um, But yeah, I mean, they're not, everybody's got injuries this this time of year. If you think they're going a little bit more big nickel than they usually do, which means I don't know how you can describe it any other way, but going small, maybe going quick, but going small, who's going to be covering George Kittle for most of the plays in this upcoming game if it's uh, and, and not going to be uh, a, a, a linebacker trying to keep him near the line of scrimmage? Is this a George Kittle game because the Eagles have had trouble with tight ends, period, and now they're facing off against one of the best ones in the <laughs> NFL? Yeah, I, I, you know, it's always difficult, and you're right, they have struggled, but it's gotten a little bit better, and since Kevin's gotten here, Kevin Byard, he's kind of the tight end guy, so he's had uh, success in the past in Tennessee, especially with Travis Kelsey, and did a pretty good job on, on Travis, did a pretty good job despite the deficiencies on defense against Buffalo, did a pretty good job there, better than what it has been, so I expect that to continue it's going to mainly be now, not every single time you're going to throw curve balls. You're going to, you got to attack somebody like George Kittle in different ways, but Agreed. Um, it's going to be mainly his responsibility. And that's for the rest of the season. When you talk about tight ends and good tight ends, that's, that's going to be Kevin Byard's job. And we hope Byard's up to the task. Cause I think Kittle is going to test them. All right. If you got Byard zeroing in on uh, George Kittle, Who's going to be the guy? Well, that's the problem. (laughs) That's the problem. I mean, that's the problem with this team. The Eagles get to learn how people have to deal with the Eagles this week. And it's like, and, and, and when the Eagles are healthy by, by what I mean by that, if you try to take away AJ Brown is, you know, maybe people have done over the past couple of weeks, maybe it's AJ's thigh injury, whatever it might be. Um, all of a sudden, Devontae Smith sparks up and has these big games. And when Dallas Goddard's in there, it might be Dallas Goddard. Now when DeAndre Swift's in there, it might be DeAndre Swift on a jet sweep or a 36-yard gain, whatever he had um, against the Bills. Um, and you're like, all right, what am I going to do? What am I going to take away? Well, it's the same thing here. If you're worried about taking away George Kittle, uh Christian McCaffrey might kill you. If you're worried about taking away both of those guys in the middle of the field, well, they got one of the best downfield receivers in football and Brandon Ayuk. And then you have Debo Samuel who can do everything. He can run the football from the backfield. He can 
take the short stuff and go yards after catch. He's a jet sweep manufacturer touch guy. He can go down the field. He's a good receiver. He's one of the most versatile players in football. Um, yeah, pick your poison, Sean Desai. I would not want to be Sean Desai this week, to be honest. And 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 the answer to all these questions, Jody, is get home. Get home on Brock Purdy. How did Dallas finally win the game last night? Mark, Micah Parsons getting home. They blew the coverage, by the way, for those people watching that game. DK Metcalf was wide open. Geno Smith just had no time to even ascertain the situation. That's that's what you have to do. You have to get home on the quarterback and make well, you're on the back seven. And we've seen this. This is a scary thing to kind of the plate heading into this game. Um the commanders this year came in with a mindset against the Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to get the ball out of Sam Howell's hands as quickly as we possibly can, quickly as humanly possibly can. And Sam Howell threw for a lot of good yards against Philadelphia Eagles. Brock Purdy's a little bit better at it than uh, the commander's quarterback is. And that's why he is the least sacked quarterback in the National Football League. You come in with a game plan, get home, get to the quarterback, get pressure on the quarterback. Well, if he's getting it out of there in 1.2 seconds and some ridiculous number is the when Purdy gets rid of the football and the reason why he's only got 12 sacks for the entire year against a, how did you describe the overall offense? Now you got to include Trent Williams in the the, the San Francisco offensive line because he's part of it. He's a huge part of it. But then there's the other four players. It, not good, uh, below average. How, how did you describe the They're other bad. four? They're bad. Yeah, the other four are bad. How bad? It, it's okay. interesting. You know, San Francisco might have the best uh, um, roster in football. If they are if they don't, they're probably right behind the Eagles. Um, so they have a ton of good players all over the place. Um, and I would say the best player they have, when we always talk about best players, who's the best pure football player? The best pure football player they have is Trent Williams. That's how good he is. Um, and everybody else on the offensive line, not, not good. So, I mean, like I said, I've been saying all week, it might be a tough week for Josh Schwett, but it's not going to be a tough week for anybody else on the defensive front. And they need to take advantage of their matchups. And I go back to last night again, Geno Smith didn't get sacked on the last play. It's not about sacks. I always say it's about it's speeding him up. Didn't have a chance to do anything on that particular play. That's what I'm talking about. Now you can't do that consistently. Um, and, and San Francisco is going to score points. You're going to have to score points because they're going to score some points. Um, but in big spots, that's what has to happen. And, and that's sort of, you know, Dallas has a good defense and they didn't have a good defensive night, um, uh, to put it mildly. Um, but in the big spots, whether it was Demarcus Lawrence on fourth down, Micah Parsons at the end of the game, those guys made plays. That's sort of what's going to have to happen here. Um, and, you know, but people are going to score some points in this game. Right. Because despite the fact that the other four offensive linemen, the 40, 49ers have, who are not good, somehow he's only been sacked 12 times all year. And he's been able to get the ball out of there that quickly. And I expect the 49ers to do exactly the same this weekend because they know 
the Eagles have guys that can get there, uh, certainly on the left-hand side with uh, Hassan Reddick going up against a second-year player. Um, one other piece of news that hit yesterday, and I want your read on this, and I think that's all you can have at this point is a read. Zach Ertz got released by the Arizona Cardinals. Now he needs to go through waivers. He's got a contract that runs next year for big bucks, and he's had a big drop-off this year. I think some of that is by choice by the Cardinals. They decided to want to develop a young tight end. You have to at least put the possibility out there that Zach's uh, starting to lose a little bit, getting up there in age. Um, he, I believe he will make it to waivers. I don't think anybody's claiming him and taking on that $11 million and, and or what he's owed for the rest of this year. So he's going to be a free agent, be able to choose when, wherever he wants to go, anywhere he wants to go. Unlike Shaq Leonard, where there's actually a choice to be made. Is there any choice? What The, the choice is with the Philadelphia Eagles as to whether they want to bring him back. Not that Zach Ertz is going to join the Dallas Cowboys or anybody else, is there? Um, not the Dallas Cowboys, but I do think there is Baltimore, to me, is the most obvious uh, situation for a legitimate contender where it could have a large role. And Mark Andrews isn't coming back. Um, and it, it, if it's just about, you know, role, he's going to have a bigger role in Baltimore that he would have here that Dallas is going to be back next week. Um, not this week, but in Dallas, um, ironically. Um, so once he's back, you know, what is he? The third tight end? Cause he's not a blocker. Um, and that's Jack Stoll's role. So is he better than Grant Calcaterra? Of course. And Grant's hurt as well. And we'll see how quickly he can come back. But is that what Zach wants, or does he want to be a meaningful contributor? Obviously, he loves Philadelphia. He's still a heavyweight in the community. The organization loves him. But does he want to play significant snaps? I don't know. Only Zach knows. Right. Uh, but I, I think Baltimore would be the better fit for that. Right now, people look at it. They could use him this week. They could use him this week. But next week ain't this week. Um, and. If Dallas does come back, you know, he's not going to play more than Dallas Goddard. And then you start, you remember the end. And one of the issues was because Dallas was the significantly better blocker. He had to play in line more than the Eagles wanted him to because he's so effective as a receiver as well, because Zach wasn't the greatest blocker in the world. So, you know, part of the reason was they wanted to get Dallas more out as a flex receiver and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know if the fit is 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 all that great, but I get why people want it. Um, and he's a great player, franchise great. He's ten receptions away from Harold's record, Harold Carmichael's uh, franchise record. That would be a good story if he came back. But that's the other part of it. How often? Do the Eagles get the football to the backup tight end? Now, Zach Ertz is a heck of a lot better than as a receiver than, as I said, Grant Calcaterra or Jack Stoll. But how often are they going away from A.J. and Devontae and Dallas Goddard and DeAndre Swift? So I think it's exciting, but I, I, don't, I don't see the need. Like Shaq Leonard's a bigger need. I think it's more important if he's healthy. 
And that to me has everything to do with the doctors and all that kind of stuff. If he's healthy, Shaq Leonard can help in a significant role. Um, I don't see a significant role as long as Dallas Goddard's back when he's supposed to be back. Right. But here's the reason why I would be bullish on re-signing Zach Ertz. First thing that has to happen is there's got to be a sit-down. Mostly Zach and Nick Sirianni, who seem to have had a good relationship before uh, Zach got sent elsewhere. Howie, to a lesser extent, but it's going to be on the coaches and their their ability to get onto the same page with him. He has to accept the role as you just laid it out. Here's the deal. You're our third string tight end. Yes, that's right. Third string because we're going to use stall for plays where we go too tight, where the responsibility is going to be blocking because Zach, let's be honest, you were in camp. You know that he's a better blocker than you are. And we're going to ask our backup tight end to do significant blocking. So your role is going to be what it is. And it's going to be limited. And it's going to be third string. And you're going to get one on a good day, two targets. We want you to have that. We want you here for that. We want you on the roster rather than Grant Calcaterra. If you're good with that, if you look us in the eyes and say, I just want to be a Philadelphia Eagle. I want to be along for the ride. I think this team's going to win a Super Bowl. I need my second ring. If he can buy it, then I want him back. And as limited as it may be, as big a necessity as it is, I don't care. I want Zach Ertz back on this team, but he has to be good with it. That's why they traded Zach Ertz last year, because he wasn't good with his role. So things change. He goes to Arizona. Not a great team. Didn't accomplish much out there. He's coming back in a different situation. He's got to buy in. If he doesn't buy in, then you move on. Say good luck in Baltimore. But if he wants to be here in the role as you described it, then I want Zach Ertz back. Sorry, Grant Calcaterra and or Albert. Yeah, Ball. I, I, I don't. Later, bye. But this isn't about Grant Calcaterra or Albert. Oh, I agree with you. But uh, to me, it's about, and it's not even about Zach. I think. You know, he'd be a good teammate. I think it was more, um, I, I, you know, he obviously wanted to stay in his role. So part of it is, but I think it's it's fast forwarded enough to the point where he knows where he is in his career now. Um, so I don't think that's an issue. But I think Baltimore offers a real opportunity. So I, I think it's going to be more about Zach. And does he want a bigger role or does he just want to come home because it's home and he loves Philadelphia and he loves the community right. and he wants to win a second. To me, it's Zach's decision. Um, and if he wants just a role, if he wants to play, he should go to Baltimore because he has an opportunity to play in a significant way there. He's not barring a second injury to Dallas Goddard when he comes back. That's not going to be here in Philadelphia. All right. Here's the way if I were Howie and I was trying to sell him. Um, because you want him back. Yeah, here's what I would project as your stats over the last five games, because he won't be coming into the league as that five games left. Six catches, 80 yards, maybe a TB, maybe not. That's about a 50-50 shot. You go to Baltimore, you're going to have 20-some-odd catches over the last five games, 190 yards, definitely a TD. What do you think that does to his earning power next year? Does putting up that much more statistics in the last five games in Baltimore 
as compared to minimal at best stats here in Philadelphia. Is he really going to be a $5 million tight end instead of a $2.5 million tight end next year? I I don't even think it's about next year or the money. I mean, you know, I don't know if he wants to retire and go out on top if the Eagles win a Super Bowl, something like that, the sentimentality of it. He's made a ton of money in his career. I don't even think it's about that. He's just a competitor who wants to play, typically. That's just it. I mean, one situation he can play a lot, and another situation he can't. To me, it's as simple as that. It's not about next year. He's obviously leaving Arizona for trying to get a a contender. Gave up a game check, according to NFL media, to do it. Um, And there are only two spots, Philadelphia, for the obvious reasons. But they're mainly sentimentality reasons and you got to be careful about that kind of stuff with Baltimore there's an actual opportunity to have a big role on a what is a significant Super Bowl contender as well I think they have a much tougher road than Philadelphia um, but they're a significant contender as well and I think if he wants to play and he wants to be involved I think that's the better spot for him to be honest uh, we'll see what Zach says. I hope he prefers to come home and play for the Eagles, even if it's going to be in a limited role. Uh, if if he's still that driven that he needs to play, needs to be out there on the field, we'll see if he can be a quick study and go in there and become uh, Mark Andrews light in Baltimore. That's not going to be either easy. Easy either. He's McMullen. I'm McDonald. Mac and Mac Birds 365. I see ready to rock and roll with us up next is our guy Paul Domwich, 33rd team. Jacob Sports Stack Pack already up for your perusal. Getting ready for the big showdown game versus the 49ers Sunday. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. 
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Football Friday here on Birds 365. That means we bring in our guy, Paul Domwood, who's got Andy Reid light shirt on today. Would Andy go with that color these days? I don't think he's ever putting green on again. Then again, I want to see Zach Ertz put green on again. So maybe Andy Reid will put green on again at some point. Uh, Domo, 49ers, Eagles on Sunday. How much good, bad blood is there between these two teams? Are, are the media members and the fans taking this to a new level why do i get the feeling that oh no this is real this is not media created these two teams really don't there's they're some guys on this in both of these two teams that don't like the opposition on sunday yeah i mean that nfc championship game uh encounter last year really fostered some bad blood i mean the the you know the niners are bitter because they they're convinced they would have won that game if uh you know if they had a quarterback uh, and who knows? Maybe maybe that's true. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's uh, unusual for it to linger this long. Um, I'm sure we're going to see some uh, you know some chippy play on on Sunday. Probably a few unsportsmanlike penalties. Uh, you know, should be a fun game though. Yeah, game of the year for the third straight week. Everybody's game of the year. By the way, if it's a game of the year, you can only pick one for everybody out there because there's going to be another game of the year next week in Dallas. So um, especially if the Eagles are, um, yeah. well, God forbid they lose, then it's truly going to be the game of the year. But, uh, um, it, you know, that kind of stuff, the Debo Samuel stuff, there's certain guys, Hassan Reddick, I think has been at the forefront for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, AJ and Debo are good friends, by the way, for people that don't know. Um, I don't know. Fred Warner kind of downplayed it, said he wished there wasn't as much talk. I think it's a really small group. I don't think it's wide-ranging um, with all the trash talk. Now, we know Brandon from the you know coin toss, but he could be playing the Arizona Cardinals. It's the same way with uh, Brandon Graham. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it shakes out, but there'll probably be some chippiness um, and um, um, I'm more concerned about Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle and Debo Samuel um, and all the, and Brandon Ayuk and all the playmakers. And one of the reasons I'm concerned, Damo, is you led your stat pack piece on, on jacobsports.com with the third down issues. And boy, man, uh, it, it, the, the last two paragraphs got me and I'm going to read them 
Opposing quarterbacks have a 110.1 passer rating against the Eagles on third down this season. Last season, it was 69.3. Um, the Eagles have given up 11 touchdown passes on third down. That's the most in the entire NFL. Last season, they gave up seven all season. All season. How are they 10 and 1? <laughs> this is the most important down on fo in football. Yeah. How are they 10 and 1? Uh, I mean, I mean, because you know, their offense is so good. I mean, it's as good as it was last year, point wise. Um, you know, I, I honestly, John, <laughs> I, that's what I'm. I'm like, I can't explain it. Yeah, this, this I mean, no, no, that's what. That's why, if they don't get better on third down, I just, I, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to ruin anybody's Christmas, but. Yeah. We'll see I, how you can get to the Super Bowl, make it through the playoffs with a third down defense like this. Yeah. And that that the third and long, supposedly, I mean, that's what you're trying to do, right? You're trying right. to keep people right. in, in third and long situations. The last thing you want is third and manageable. Yeah. But they're the third worst in the league on third and nine or more. Yeah. Only the Broncos and Cardinals are worse than the Eagles. In, in third and long situations. It's astonishing. <laughs> I mean, they, they they beat Buffalo in overtime on Sunday. Buffalo converted five of ten third downs of nine yards or more, <laughs> and they still lost. <laughs> it's right. So, so Dama, let's try and tighten the focus. We can't just lay it all on the slot cornerback, and they believe that they'll be yeah. better with Roby. They have to be better because the other two just were so blatantly overmatched. Is it that they're not getting the pressure that they got last year? Is it that Bradbury has had a bit of a drop-off? Now he jumped back up, played a better game, got a big interception against the Bills last week, but he's just not the same corner who was second-team All-Pro last year. Is it the coverage of the linebackers? Were Kaiser White and Edwards just that much better how do you have it precipitous a drop on third down from one year to the next? You know, Jody, it's, it, as as with everything with football, it's never one thing. Um, I think there's a, a, a few things going on. One, one is the, the 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 pressure isn't the same as it was last year. As I mentioned in another part of my stat package, <clears throat> you know, they're, they're not – I mean, beyond – Hassan Reddick and uh, 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 Josh Sweat, you know, they're not, they're not get, they don't have a lot of other edge rushers who, who are, you know, getting a lot of production. I mean, Brandon Graham's got three sacks, but he's not playing much. Uh, you know, you worry if Sweat and, and Reddick are playing too much and, and, you know, what they're going to be like when, when they get to the playoffs. I think there's a communication problem on the back end. Um, you know, Kevin Byard was a terrific addition, but I mean, he's admitted to people uh, that that I know that you know they're not communicating well right now. He hopes it'll improve, uh, but right now they don't, and it only takes a split second of hesitation back there uh, in coverage. I mean, you, we've seen some of the mis you know some of the coverage breakdowns and things that have happened. I think you can also point to some missed tackles. So it's a lot of different things. They're just not playing well on third down right now. Yeah, and it, it's one of those things where um, you hope they can clean it up, and it probably starts this week because I, I do think 
you know, San Francisco is a, a lot of things in this game. I look at it and say, well, uh, you know, San Francisco should win this game. Uh, and then you kind of lean on the Eagles ability to persevere and um, all intangible stuff. Um, when you're, if you're Sean Desai, Damo, where do you start with this offense? Boy, uh, you, you try to stop the run. Uh, you know, you don't let them get going early where the play action is a factor uh, or you're in big trouble. You, you try to prevent a lot of the, you know, the stuff that in the past has hurt them when they played San Francisco, the jet sweeps, the, you know, the, the end, end arounds, things like that, where they over, they, you know, they're over aggressive and get burned. Uh, and you, you got to put them in third and long and hope that this is the week you're better at it. Uh, but I think it starts with stopping the run. And that's not going to be easy because Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the league, bar none. He is right. unquestionably the top running back. And the thing that scares me a little bit, Tom, about this week's game is not only Chris McCaffrey when they hit him the ball, but with Chris McCaffrey when they throw him the ball. He's also one of the best receiving backs in the National Football League, which brings the linebacker's ability to cover and come up and make tackles. How are you feeling about Christian on Christian crime this week? Christian <laughs> Ellis trying to stop Christian McCaffrey. You know, I mean, I, I think Christian Ellis is eventually going to be a pretty good player, uh, but right now, you know, I, there's, a, you know, it's just he's not there yet. So no, I don't like that matchup uh, very well at all. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, besides stopping the run, Jody. I mean, if they could put some pressure on Purdy this week, uh, get in his face, maybe force a turnover or two. Um, you know, that would help. Yeah, with with Christian though, who is a good matchup? You know, you could have Nick Morrow, you can have Nicobe Dean, you can have Zach Cunningham. Who's a good matchup? I mean, yeah, right. maybe a little bit better than than Christian Ellis. I think Damo, and this is just my um, thought process. If I were Sean Desai, this is my big nickel week. This is I'm playing three safeties. Yeah, uh, with Nick Morrow as the only linebacker. Um, part because Zach's not available, but part because, as I just mentioned, if if you do stop Christian McCaffrey in the running game, you know, they're sort of like the Eagles at full strength. Well, you just go to the next guy, and it might be Debo. Debo it might be George Kittle. It might be uh, Brandon. Um, it, it, they just move on to the next guy. So I think you need as many coverage players as possible, and – that means it's also got to be a big Jordan Davis week when it comes to stopping that run. Yeah, yeah. I'll be interested to see how they use Bayard this week. Uh, you know, I mean, the the 49ers are, are one of the few teams that not, are not only throwing a, you know, one of the league's better tight ends at you, but also probably the best running back, versatile, most versatile running back in the league. That's a That's a tough combination against a defense that can't protect the middle of the field. Yeah, um, which is why, you know, I'm real pessimistic about how this game's going to go. But then I thought they were going to play a complete game against Buffalo, and they needed overtime to win. So, who knows? And you take the win you got last week because that very easily could have been a loss. Yeah. Um, you mentioned turnovers. You're hoping for turnovers. You're banking on turnovers. 
is this the week to do that? The 49ers are the number one team in plus minus in the National Football League at plus 11. The Eagles at minus two are in the bottom half of the National Football League and plus minus with turnovers. It just hasn't been a turnover type year for the Eagles. I know you can't coach that, and I don't think you can predict that. So you just cross your fingers and hope that the ball bounces the Eagles' way on Sunday? You just... You know, I mean, the, the 49ers lost three games in a row somehow. I mean, I know they had some injuries back then. but Yeah, Trent and uh, Debo, that's the reason. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, they're playing this week. You know, you just you just hope they their their pass rush catches fire and maybe they, you know, they, uh, they have a few strip sacks or something like that. I, you know, I'm not very hopeful of that happening, Jody. You're right. I mean, you, the numbers you uh, quoted are are frighteningly accurate. Yeah. Unfortunately. Well, I, I'm going to try to give you some optimism, uh, Damo, and that's uh, my whole is um, I'm far from the first to say it, but styles make bites. And um, the San Francisco offensive line, other than Trent Williams, isn't very good. It's not good. Yeah. If there's one weakness on that team, that's it. Uh-huh. And you could argue the four worst players they have on offense, and I don't even think it's much of an argument, are the other four offensive linemen. And they got a deal. So it might be a tough day, I've been saying, for Josh Sweat against Trent Williams. But everybody else, whether it's, you know, Hassan Reddick's got to deal with Colton McKibbitts and, 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 and Jalen Carter with Aaron Banks and Spencer Burford and, and Jake Brendel. I mean, those are big advantages, Eagles. Whereas the Eagles offensive line against the great San Francisco front, we've seen Lane Johnson deal with Nick Boson, at least make things difficult for him. Jordan Mailata, tough, tough work with Chase Young, but he can handle it. Landon Dickerson's tremendous. Um, he can bully Javon a little bit. I I think if you look at the fronts, I think from that standpoint, the Eagles are better equipped to deal with San Francisco than vice versa. Yeah, I mean, Purdy's going to be getting the ball out quickly, just like every other team the Eagles have faced. Uh, so, you know, that's going to that's gonna offset uh, some of those mismatches uh, on the line. I mean, my feeling is that the Eagles need the people that need to have a big game this week, as far as line play, is their their defensive tackles. Because the best way to get to Purdy, get the best way to get to a quarterback that's getting the ball out quickly, or at least make him hold it a slight second uh, uh, longer, is that interior pass rush. You know, Jalen Carter needs to have a big game. Uh, I didn't see the injury report yesterday, whether Fletcher Cox. Yeah, I don't think Fletcher's going to play good. this week. Yeah, see, that's not good. Uh, how about Milton Williams? Milton's going to be back. Milton's okay. yeah. ready I mean, to go. Jordan Davis needs to, to continue to to have the kind of show the kind of speed he did on that uh, uh, rundown on uh, uh, Josh Allen last week coming up the middle. So if they can do that, if they can put some pressure on him inside, you know, they got they got a fighting chance. I I agree with you on. You know, styles make fights, uh, uh, you know, so we'll see. Uh, just I'm not going in overly optimistic aside from the home field advantage. Well, I give you the one other advantage that the Eagles have, at least I think so. Um, they can legitimately play the underdog card today. 
I know that they smacked the 49ers in the championship game in their house last year. Wasn't close. Yeah, they were down a quarterback, but the Eagles just beat the snot out of them. Know that they are 10 and 1 and the 49ers are only 8 and 3. Yeah, I'm a gambling guy. So I do look at the point spread. And it was just friggin' weird Sunday, Damo, because uh, I'm on here on CBS till 10 o'clock at night. And they'll put the numbers up for the next Sunday. Most places, some places put them up three weeks in advance. You want to bet Eagles versus the Giants in week 16. There are some places you can get a number on that right now. But most of them wait till the Sunday is action is over and then put a number up for the Sunday thereafter. I saw one report on social media that said the Eagles were a two and a half point underdog. I go, that can't be right. So I go to yeah. VegasInsider.com, which is a website I use. They give you mm-hmm. eight, nine, ten different outlets, and they're updated. And you can comparison shop and see who's putting what line out on whatever. And they had the Eagles as a two-point favorite. I said, see, I knew this. By the next morning, it was back to San Francisco, minus two and a half. And it hasn't moved. If anything, it's ticked up to three in most places. So they are a legitimate underdog this week. And you got to give the organization credit. Going back to 2017 when they won the Super Bowl, they played the underdog card real well in this town, Damo. Oh, yeah. Get your dog masks out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, boy. You know, Damo, you've been around a long time uh, in Philadelphia, much longer than me covering this team. But – uh, you know what the hell happened to these people back in the day? I got I got people in in the, in the chat saying, "Well, the league doesn't think the Eagles are marketable." On the day after they flexed them to Monday night, which by the way that went over well in the locker room, they got the three highest viewed games in the in the NFL this season, other than Thanksgiving. The three top games. All they do is put them in prime time. All we do is complain about it. We want one o'clock. The only person more upset than me about that game getting flexed Monday night to see that was Darius Slay. He was incensed. He was incensed. He said he's got uh, he threw an mf'er out there. Uh, he's got uh, he's got uh, dad stuff to do. He's so mad at the league for changing stuff around. Um, there are four twenty five windows. It, 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 it's the game of the year every week. As I joked. They're not marketable. The league thinks they're the most marketable right now. What happened? Why is it's this underdog mentality? And you're right. Nick's going to use it. Yeah. And, he, and he wears it. They're never the underdog. This is the first time in forever. What when, when were the last time they were the underdog? This is an underdog city. I mean, it's just they, they were born. Everybody that was born in Philly was born with a chip on their shoulder. I don't know. I think the 60s and 70s, as far as uh, the Eagles, kind of you know, <laughs> scarred everyone and uh, made them perpetually, uh, you know, pessimistic and, and gloom and doom and and thinking the world's out to get them. You know, every, every game, you know, the officials are, are on the yeah. other team's payroll. Yeah. Uh, the, the announcers. The you know? Yeah. How many... <laughs> Yeah, NFL Films is in Mount Laurel. So many, so many of the employees are Eagles fans. Now they moved. That it's amazing to me. It's amazing. Yeah, go figure. Yeah, it's. But they'll use it. You're right. I mean, and 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 well, they should. Yeah. And as John pointed out, I said it's legit. A lot of times they got to create it. They have to reach. They have to fabricate to yeah. get to an underdog position. 
oh, this week it's actually legit because the 49ers are a two-and-a-half, three-point favorite yeah. in this one. All right, um, Damo, I tried this last week, the MVP chant for Jalen Hurts. Uh, Al Morganti planted the seed in my brain on WIP on Sunday that there should be an MVP chant for Jalen Hurts because he had taken a lead in the betting markets. I know I lean too heavily on the betting markets, but it's actuality. Uh, and then he goes out and has a game. He has five touchdowns last week and did everything you'd want to see an MVP do. I said, there are three times you can cheer for him. If he tush pushes into the end zone, he did. If he throws an exciting pass downfield and they score a touchdown, he did. If he runs one in, not tush push, actually takes off a run. He did to win the damn game. So they had several chances to chant it. Chris Franklin told me here Monday that he actually heard some MVP chants. Now, I think Brock Purdy is a legit MVP candidate. I think that Jalen is the leader, and he's put some distance between himself and everybody else. But I think Purdy is in that group behind him. Mm -hmm. If he outplays Brock Purdy on Sunday and the Eagles are winning the game, Eagle fans have to do the MVP chant this week, do they not? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, realistically right now, I think it's a, still a very crowded field. Uh, you, you know, Purdy, McCaffrey, C.J. Stroud, uh, Mahomes. I mean, you can go down. Dak. The Did you say uh, Dak? Dak Prescott? <laughs> Dak, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, this, this is going to be one of the close, I think one of the closer and more spread out uh, vote-wise uh, uh MVP ballotings in, in, in quite a while, I think, if, if if it continues this way. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, Jalen certainly deserves to be considered for MVP. I mean, the importance – his importance in this team's uh, success is – I mean, you just can't overstate it. Yeah, and he's the leader right now, Jody. Yeah, on yeah. The, oh, yeah. The he's, he's actually yeah. opened up a distance between yeah. him and Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if the Eagles continue down this road and they keep winning games, he's going to be the MVP. There's no there's no question about it. Now, if they start losing, if they lose this week and Brock Purdy plays well, if they lose next week and Dak plays well, then I think it reopens the conversation. Uh, but right now, he is the clear leader, I think, yeah. Um, yeah. In, in the clubhouse. So, um, another example of, you know, nobody's, Crapping on Jalen Hurts. He's the leader. Uh, now, I, I think people conflate cer certain, you know, whether it be Chris Sims or somebody else. And, you know, one person means everybody. Uh, it's just one person's opinion. And if you don't like one person's opinion, turn the page and go to the next mm -hmm. person. And you'll probably get uh, that opinion. But, uh, uh, at P Damo, make sure you follow uh, Paul on X, Twitter, uh, get it back to the game. Obviously, I think by the way you're talking, you're kind of leaning 49ers. But I'll say this, if there's one way the Eagles are going to win the game uh, or one way the 49ers are going to lose the game, uh, uh, give me one or pick one, give me one or the other. Why? One reason they would might win, uh, I mean, finding a way to stop – if they can stop – find a way to, uh, to neutralize McCaffrey, it certainly gives them a fighting chance. Uh, that's a big ask from this defense, but 
Who knows? Uh, you know, I mean, they're 10 and 1. I mean, so I'm not. I know. In. It's amazing. We're sitting here. Uh, oh, woe is the Eagles. I mean, and they're playing at home. It's, yeah. It is kind of amazing. Exactly. Uh, as, as, as far as a reason that San Francisco, you know, San Francisco, I mean, they can get a couple turnovers off the Eagles. That certainly helps. Um, and, and if they can continue, if they have. They might the Eagles if, if they put up the kind of third down numbers that Buffalo did last week. This game's not yeah, going to win. That's what I've said. If they play the way they played in Kansas City, if they played the way they play against Buffalo, yeah. they're not winning this game. No, but no. they can play better. They yeah. they are very capable of playing better. Yeah, uh, and, than that. And, and I'm sure that I mean Sean Desai knows what we know. I mean he's yeah. watching the film. And and he's looking for ways to to correct that uh, with the with the personnel he has. So, you know that's that's why you know every week with him it's interesting to see the adjustments he makes. Last two weeks, you know, they they started going with with a six and seven man uh, rushes. Hadn't done that all year. Had done it eight times that they rushed with more than five people in the first uh, nine games. Uh, and it was fairly it's been for, fairly successful, even though. You know, they haven't had a lot of sacks the last two weeks, uh, but they've gotten pressure. So I'm going to be interested to see how, you know, he's had a week to to, to kind of figure out, a, come up with a solution against San Francisco. I'll be interested to see what it is. I'm the last one for me, and I'm hoping it's a quasi-irrelevant question. I fear that it won't be, but I hope that it is. That the players on the field, the guys actually out there blocking and tackling and putting their uh, physical well-being on the line to decide the game. But if it's not, if it's decided by coaching, if it's the coach who's going to make the right move at the right time and be in the right defense and call mm-hmm. the right play is actually when the game is over and done with a major contributing factor, is there a coaching edge between these two teams? Well, I mean, I think Kyle Shanahan may be the best offensive mind in the game. So I guess, yeah. Uh, to that degree, I, I mean that's not a slight on Sean Desai. Uh, it just it's, it tells you, you know, about Shanahan. Uh, but can I, I interject, Amo? I agree with you. I think he's the best play designer, yeah. um, the best schemer, but I don't think he's a good game manager as a head coach. Yeah. I think he gets bogged down. I think that's where the Eagles have the edge with Nick Sirianni managing the actual game. I think Kyle gets lost at times because he's so focused on hyper focused on the next great play call yeah that could be the case uh you know that's why you know that's why this team's 10 and 1 i mean you know you look at matchups and and things and you wonder how how they're doing it and and yet they find a way they they come up with big plays when they need them uh you know i mean last week for the better part of two and two quarters and plus, I mean that offense couldn't do anything. Yeah, um, and then suddenly it's a it's a new ball game. So, uh, I mean this I'm looking forward to this game more than any they've played this year, including the Kansas City game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. The game of the year this week, <laughs> and and I'm okay with that. Uh, yeah, it is the game of the year. Uh, you're right until the next one, but that's yeah. what a season's all about. You gotta, you, 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 you have to have a game of the year in any given week. At the end of week one, one game was the game of the year, and yeah. it can change week two, week three, week four. Uh, there's only one game, game of the year. I'm a stickler. Only one. 
You when you have 12 of them, though, it, it yeah. kind of takes a lot out of you when yeah. you get to the playoffs. So, but that's yeah. that's why it's so not difficult. 12, 18. There's 18 weeks in the season. Yeah. There are 18 games in a year. Some weeks, well, not necessarily. Some weeks, there are just no good games. So you have to go back a week or two. But at the end of the year, when it's all said and done, you, you, you got to pick one. You only pick one. one. Yeah, oh, at the end of the year, yes. But up until you get to have a new game of the week every single year. All right, Dom, the last thing. You don't have to give me a score if you want. You just have to tell me: Are the Eagles going to be eleven and one after the game on Sunday, or are they going to be ten and two? I'm going to say. I mean, I, they're going to be ten and two. Okay. <laughs> if you're taking, I hope it's close. Uh, and if it is, you know, they got a fighter's chance. But uh, yeah, I just, I mean, they got the home field advantage. I just, San Francisco looks like a team right now. They can't be beaten at the moment. They look like the best team. I agree with Damo there. Um, they look like the best team. They will come in here on Sunday, and they will be with a chip on their shoulder. It's, it's a good game because both teams have a chip on their shoulder, and we'll see who gets to knock the chip off. And, Damo, I can assure you, you won't be the only guy who's picking San Francisco to win this week. So thanks for hopping out with us today. We will get you up again next week. Enjoy your weekend, buddy. You too. Take care, guys. Got to go to jacobsports.com to check out his package. He crunches numbers as well as anybody in the business. Yeah, sorry yeah, about those third down numbers. Uh, yeah, they kind of do jump off the page, don't they, John? Uh, uh, not I, I don't, uh, there's so many teams about – there's so many things about this team you can't explain, and that's one of the, one of the big ones. And that's one of the reasons why I'm going to deter from – Paul Domowich and probably Jody McDonald's uh, when I get my prediction before I get out of here. And I know you need to get out of here. So uh, if you want to go ahead and give us the prediction right now, go for it, big guy. Uh, I'm going Eagles. I'm going Eagles until they lose one. And I know they lost to the Jets, but that was an an anomaly, especially at Lincoln Financial Field. I think they're going to find a way. I talked about uh, the advantage they have defensive front against supporting Irish offensive line. Um, I think they'll, I think it's going to be a big Kevin Byard week. I think he's going to steal one at some point. I think he's going to generate a turnover. Um, I think they're going to find a way. Why? Because they always find a way and it's intangible. It's intangible. And I agree with Dama when I look at it uh, logically and I try to, I say San Francisco is the better team. Um, but there's one team that's 10 and one and one team that, that that's eight and three. The Eagles seem to find a way. It might even come down to what I just said. Nick Sirianni's a better game manager than Kyle Shanahan. You know, we can go all the way back to the Super Bowl. They had that game won. Um, all they had to do was run the football, kick a field goal. Um, and they would have been Super Bowl champions in Atlanta. Didn't do it. Went in a different direction. Not the best game manager. Great play designer. Great, great schemer. Um, it might be as simple as making a big mistake in a big situation late from the head coach. But intangibly, the Eagles are better. Um, and their record proves they're better. And they've been doing historic things. So. Why is it going to stop this week? So you've got the Eagles winning in 28, a 28-24. 28-24. So a relative, well, that's, 
That's a, I'd, with these two teams, I'd call that a middling scoring game because they're both good enough offensively. They're t- tied for second most points in the league at uh, 28. So you're holding the 49ers down under their average. If you've got them 20, uh, scoring 24 points. Yeah. I think if the Eagles are going to win this game, they're going to have to win it just like they did last week. I think they're going to have to outscore the 49ers. I think 49ers are going to score on the Eagles' defense. Can Jalen Hurts go off the way that he did last week? Uh, Maybe you do it a little bit more evenly spread over 60 minutes rather than as bad a first half and an unbelievable off-the-chart second half. Maybe it's a little more steady throughout the entire game, but I, I think at least one of these two teams is scoring in the 30s and the other one will be just below it. Uh, but I'll give my pick at the end of the show, and I got an hour left to go. McMullen, you're exiting stage left. Um, enjoyed the game on Sunday. People can catch John on the pregame show, the postgame show, and then, of course, back here with me Monday on Birds 365. J-Mac, safe travels. Uh, thanks, Jody. Appreciate it. John McMullen with me, Jody McDonald here on Birds 365. We go from Mac and Mac to Mac and Mark. Mark Farzetta is going to jump in for Johnny Mac. We've got an hour left to play, including a visit from Mike Missinelli. We haven't had Mikey Miss up in a good couple of weeks, so we'll get Missinelli up for both preview and then post-game analysis. Yeah, I'm going to miss Mike. Say hello. Uh, Don't like missing Mike, but uh, uh, yeah, big star power. Mark and Mike. In the second hour, we'll pass your guards on to Miss and Ellie. All right, uh, Mac and Mark coming back for hour number two of Birds 365. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. 
Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. and Mark for the final hour of the week here on Birds 365 leading into Niners Eagles and even though John McMahon can't stand it he's gone now so I can go ahead and say it the game of the year it is absolutely <laughs> the game of the year and next year next week Dallas and the Eagles could be the game of the year it, it can change up until a point you gotta have a game of the year even after week one that's a game of the year once you've played one of them's got to be the best game and that makes it the game of the year uh Mark Frizetta is going to hang with me for the next hour or so. Frizetta, how you been? I haven't seen you. Pre-Thanksgiving and whatever else. You still happily married? Oh, no. God, no. No, of course. Yes, I am. Very, very happily married. All is going well. Thanksgiving was great. was with the in-laws. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. For Thanksgiving, that's always a party. Nice. And uh, yeah, it was good. How about you, my friend? Good. Uh, yeah, the wife hadn't kicked me out 30-something years. She's she's still she's, going. She's foolish, but um, I'm happy and I'm lucky. Um, and yes, yeah, she will leave me alone during the Eagles and the 49ers, which kind of sucks. I... I'm on the air at six o'clock. So the game is on the air while I'm on. I had to do it last week. I got to do it again this week, the 420 game. <laughs> McMullen likes one o'clock games because it just makes his life easier. I like one o'clock games because then I can watch the entire game and I don't have to divide my attention between doing a show and uh, watching the game at the same time. Sure. So 425 start time. Weather is going to be November like. Chance of rain, but and cold, but no snow. It looks like um, there is, of course, the crowd element. And oh, I think Eagle Nation will be loud and proud on Sunday. But does the weather play a factor in this game at all? You think? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> three. It'll be three games in a row that the weather plays a factor. Um, San Francisco's weather isn't exactly what the Eagles' weather has been over the last couple of weeks. So I think that goes without saying. But um, I I do see this being uh, a factor in this game, and the Eagles have shown that this is not something that they take lightly. It's something that they prepare for. It's something that they are you know they play well in at least in the second half. But that's kind of been the mo for you know all season with this Eagles team. So no, I don't think it's a huge factor, but it definitely is a factor going into this game. 
We debated this all week here on Birds 365. I'm sure you did on the Farsi show as well. The bad blood that is going between these two teams, the trash talking that started last year as soon as the Eagles dismissed the 49ers from the playoffs. I know Brock Purdy was hurt. We all know Brock Purdy was hurt. It was a legit hard hit, not a cheap shot by Hassan Reddick. Uh, but shame on the 49ers for having Josh Johnson as their answer as the backup. That's not the Eagles' fault that the yeah. 49ers have left themselves with Josh Johnson. Uh, I get you, Farzi. I'm getting tired of saying this, and I won't have to say it for a good couple of weeks after this game is over. My only problem with the, what the 49ers did and said was one one consonant. Vanna, can I buy a different consonant? If they had said, we could have beaten the Eagles with Brock Purdy, I'm okay with it. That's what you got to do. You got to believe in your guy. You got to sure. believe in your team. But we would have. Now you're making a declarative statement that you're a better team than the Eagles. And they kicked your ass by over three touchdowns. So shut up. So that's why everybody is all upset with the 49ers. Does that play all at all into the game? Is I, that part of the contest? Jody, I hope so. I mean, let's face it. You've you've covered athletes for a long time, my friend. You've been around them your entire life. Yep. Every single athlete. I don't. I don't care. I don't care how good you are. I, I don't care how much you have beaten a team in the past. I think every athlete needs that extra added motivation, especially when you might be a little tired. You might have some fatigue. You're coming off a, a short week where you played Monday night, then Sunday. You played 75 snaps against the Chiefs. You played 92 snaps and overtime against the Buffalo Bills. You're going to be tired. You're, even though you got to sleep in your own bed and it's not a short week this week, that's a lot of, that's a big workload going into this game. So for me, I think this is where any extra added motivation, any other fuel to the fire that can help get you to as close to 100% or even beyond 100% going into this game when it comes to focus, stamina, and also motivation, I think you draw from it. And when you have a team like the 49ers that have been flapping their gums since that game was even during the game in that NFC Championship game, the, the game started to get chippy. You have a team like that coming into your house, and they think that you're a fraud, ten and one team. Oh hell yeah! The the off the field stuff, the extracurriculars, all that stuff is going to play into this game. And Jody, I had a, I, I laughed, I laughed out loud, my friend. I laughed out loud on Wednesday when Nick Sirianni was addressing the media. And he talked about how this Eagles team isn't paying attention to anything in the past. This is just another game. This isn't a big deal. Blah, 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 blah. Fast forward after the game, the Eagles win. Nick Sirianni is going to be finding any 49ers fan in South Philly. See ya. See ya. That's going to be the way it's going to go down. So absolutely the off-the-field stuff, the, the talk in the locker room, Debo Samuel calling uh, James Bradbury trash is going to factor into the way this game is played. Zero question about it. Uh, as uh, I agree with you, for the start of the game, for the first period, second, third, third period, by the time you're into the fourth quarter, unless something has transpired on the field, somebody does something stupid. and Which which they and will. It, and it could be either way. It could be the 49 doing something, or there's a couple of Eagle guys that can lose their mind. And they lost one of them this week with Derek Barnett, so you don't have to sweat that at all. Uh, he's not here to do something stupid. Um, but it could go either way. I think it'll be decided by the players in the fourth quarter, which is really what you should want. Mm -hmm. If if you believe in your team and you believe you've got the most talented roster in the National Football League, you want the players. You don't want emotion deciding the game. You want talent deciding the game and coaching deciding the game. I asked this of Paul Domwich last hour, so I now ask you. 
if this game is heavily decided by coaching, which I'm not sure it's going to be. This could be a who's the better football team, who's got the more talented players. But if coaching decisions end up being a big factor in this game, is there an advantage between San Francisco and Philadelphia? I mean, I think the advantage falls with the Eagles in this regard. And this is what I give the most credit to Nick Sirianni for. So like when, when, you, when you have a offensive-minded head coach or even a defensive-minded head coach, but they don't call the plays for either unit, I, I, I look for, okay, what is it you say you do here? You know what I mean? And Nick Sirianni, not to go back to motivation per se, but it's more about focus. 10-1 and one in back-to-back seasons is no accident. That doesn't happen a lot, as we know. So what is it that he's doing? I understand he's got talent. I understand he's got leaders on the team. I understand all that. I understand Howie Rose did a great job of making this team a deep team and all that stuff. But what is it about Nick Sirianni that, that he does well? Well, I think him, Sean Desai, and Brian Johnson do a great job of halftime adjustments going into the second half. Something's not working in the first half. They're able to change things up and go, go with it in the second half. And they've been able to ride that to success. Jalen Hurts is the number one reason why they're coming from behind from all these games and winning. I, I don't doubt that a little bit, but I think a lot of it also goes to the coaching staff. So they've faced uh, adversity this season in game. And I think what we don't say enough about good teams like the Philadelphia Eagles, the 49ers have had bad games. Their coaching staff has had them. They've had bad games, three straight losses. Now they got three straight wins to go with it. But they jump back from the three straight losses with three straight wins. But the thing that Nick Sirianni and this coaching staff does extremely well is they don't have bad games. They have bad halves. And that is something that I think is not said enough and not recognized enough how hard that is to not have a complete dud of a game. Even the the, the Jets game, that was a, a dud. And if I haven't said it already, congratulations to you on that one. But you lost the turnover battle by four. You didn't get any takeaways in that game. So for me, I think it's a it's an amazing job of not just X's and O's by the coaching staff, but having this team mentally prepared before the game, and then if things don't go right, having the mental prepared to come out at second at the, for the second half and be ready to go. So I think the advantage goes to the Eagles in that regard. Yeah. Oh, by the way, huge win, Jets over the Eagles. They've gone one and four since. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> Good job there, Jets. That, that, that Aaron Rodgers guy coming back, gunslinger. Beat the Eagles, just squeaked by the Giants the week after 13-10 in overtime, and now they've lost four straight. So yeah, that that thank you. That makes my year the win by the Jets over the Eagles. Not Tommy Cutlets. I um, you mentioned turnovers. That's an advantage, San Francisco coming into Huge. the game. I'm Huge sorry you can't you can't predict turnovers. You can't coach up turnovers. You can't force that. You can have hard hitters who you hope can make plays, but you can't like diagram sets to get you a turnover. San Francisco at plus 11 is the number one team in the NFL. The Eagles at minus two for the season are down in the twenties. Not good. Jalen Hurts is from time to time tried to make a big play. Oh, that jet game. That was kind of a bad interception. He threw last week. Uh, got one tipped that ended up as an interception. Is that going to decide this game? Whoever wins the turnover battle. Look, I have very close, uh, but last week was really close, and the Eagles lost the turnover battle. And not only Jody, the, the Eagles game, right? Not yeah, they won the game. But Jody, not only did they lose the turnover battle, they allowed the Buffalo Bills to do one of the few great things that the Buffalo Bills have done this year, which is not only get turnovers, you know, take the ball away, but cash those in for points. Mm -hmm. And they did it for fourteen points against going into the game. The Buffalo Bills scored, I believe, it's twenty-two percent of their points on the season off of turnovers. 
if the Eagles lost that turnover, if you would have told me before the game the Eagles are going to lose the turnover battle uh, and they're not only going to lose it, but the Bills are going to continue to score points off turnovers, I'm telling you the Eagles aren't winning that game. Impossible that the Eagles win that game. They lost. They lost in the point differential when it came to the turnovers as well. I can't bank on that in this game and say automatically. If the turnover battle, I'll say this, is close, the Eagles will win this football game. But that doesn't that, that's no lock. That's no guarantee. The 49ers are a spectacular job at getting after the quarterback, taking the ball away, not giving the ball away, obviously. Brock Purdy has been fan, only six interceptions this season. He's been fantastic. But when it comes to that turnover battle, if it's clear cut like it is, like it was against the Jets, then yes, absolutely, you have no chance. And I'll also say this, it goes beyond the turnovers and it goes to momentum. I'll say if the Eagles are able to force turnovers and make mistakes and their defensive line without Fletcher Cox, maybe um, with Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter and that and Milton Williams coming off concussion protocol, if they're able to get after it with their defensive line and they're able to force this 49ers team into making mistakes and maybe the weather does have a little bit to play in it as far as that goes, then the Eagles will, I think, win this game comfortably. But I just can't. I got to put the pom-poms down. I can't see the 49ers all of a sudden not being mentally focused enough for get to get up to for this game that they've been looking forward to since the NFC Championship game a year ago. Um, along with that, again, it, it goes, you can't have first halves like you've had this season. You can't rely on the second half push. I know we said the same thing going up against the Kansas City Chiefs, that you can't rely on that. But they somehow came back and won. I doubt they're going to get many of those opportunities this season against the upper echelon teams. Now, the Eagles are supposed to be the elite. The Chiefs are up there. Obviously, this uh, San Francisco 49ers team, I believe, is the best team they're facing all season. You can't – this is the game where the cliche that we've been saying all year, the mistakes you've made, whether they be turnovers or momentum, you can't make mistakes like that against this 49ers team. And you mentioned the defensive line, which I get it is key. They got to try and speed pretty up, even if they're not getting sacks. This is my concern, and uh, I've been catching a lot of flack on the stream this week because i noting it. I'm not predict. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying it's dead doom for destiny, but it's a fact, Jack. And I'm sorry that I have to times bring out facts. Um, I love both Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick. They're playing way too many snaps. Uh, they've decided to part ways with their former defensive end, who you know I'm not a big fan of, and it's kind of been in the the making for a month now. But they formalized it this week. Did I miss someday sign a defensive end to replace? Um, no. no, they no. haven't done that, have they? And no, Brandon Graham, we all love Brandon Graham. He's the best, and he will be a contributor again this week, both on the field and verbally. Uh, but they have stuck to their, here's how many snaps we're going to give Brandon Graham to try and make sure we get an entire very good season out of him so he plays less than 30% of the snaps. Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat are playing a hell of a lot of snaps. I'm getting tired of doing this. This could be the week that Mr. Smith, the first-round draft pick, actually gets a chance to flourish and play. And then he plays 10 snaps again. And they just don't seem to trust him enough to put him out there. Is there a chance that this is a week, the week uh, that the Eagles' defensive line kind of runs out of gas? Um, it it certainly could. It's a it's a my biggest concern is the amount of snaps that these guys have seen and the amount of rest. Oh, sorry, the amount of snaps these guys have seen, 
the long laundry list of the injury report that came out over the course of this week, Wednesday and yesterday. We'll see what it looks like today. And then the 49ers haven't played since Thanksgiving. What the hell's that, Jody? That doesn't make that doesn't help the Eagles. That doesn't help the Eagles a little bit. So you're talking about uh, the stamina. You're talking about the snap count. This 49ers team is coming in here as well rested as you could be, barring a bye week, and they're going up against a team that's banged up and a team that could be very much fatigued. As far as more specifically your assessment of Nolan, uh, Nolan Smith, I have no idea how to. I, like I, I usually I'd have a problem with telling someone. I have no idea. I have no idea. What what haunts me about Nolan Smith, when you don't see him out there a lot, you don't see him for a lot of snaps, what haunts me is what he said after the, I think it was after the first game of the season, where he talked about his shoulder, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't? Excuse me? So is this a week where it's going to work? Is this a week where it's not going to work? Because they kind of need it to work, especially in light of Derek Barnett. Granted, he's not a game buster by any means. But granted, you're not going to have an extra guy in that rotation. So Nolan Smith's got to step up and be that guy, to be that edge rusher, to take a, a couple of more snaps here. Especially, and here's the other reason why I'll focus on the defensive line. Jody, who the hell's behind them? You get through the defensive line. Who's playing linebacker this week? John thinks it's going to be a whole bunch of big nickel. Ooh, ooh a lot of big nickel. All right. Sidney Brown is going to get uh, snaps as an extra safety rather than going with uh, Christian Ellis for every single snap of the game. And let me just put this one in the mix. Somebody uh, mentioned this earlier this week. I'd give him credit if I could remember, but I'm apologizing for not remembering. Noting that uh, they did move some of their interior defensive linemen outside. They used to do it all the time with Brandon yeah. Graham, sneak Brandon Graham from outside, inside, yeah. that maybe they just think about moving a defensive tackle inside like the rookie defensive player of the year. Uh, he did actually line up outside on a couple of snaps last week. Do you think that could be an even bigger uh, potential play this week? Because – yeah, they're short on defense. Unless you want Hassan Reddick and uh, uh, Josh Sweat playing 90% of the slap snaps, <laughs> somebody's going to have to get some defensive end snaps to give them a little bit of a break during a game. I, I think barring the um, a lot of big nickel when you do have other guys out there on the field, I think you're, all hands are on deck. I mean, if you're Sean Desai, Let's think about the challenge that's in front of you here. I mean, we've talked about versatile teams a million times, you know, in, in just the time covering sports. We've talked about versatile teams all the time, all the time. I can't remember too many times, maybe this, maybe the last game against the 49ers, uh, the NFC Championship game, where we can talk about such a versatile offense with individually um, versatile players. Like, it's, it's one thing to say, oh, man, the Eagles, they can beat you with the pass. They can beat you with the run and all that stuff. But it's another thing to say, wow, the 49ers can beat you with the run. They can beat you with the pass. They can beat you by running with Debo Samuel. They can beat you by Debo Samuel catching a 10-yard slant, and he takes in 60 yards for a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey lines up in the slot, catches the ball like a wide receiver, and then all of a sudden he's out for the touchdown. Christian McCaffrey up through the middle on a halfback draw, and he runs at 20 yards, whatever. It's it, it's it's not the, it's They are such a versatile team, but the individuals on their team are so versatile individually, it's crazy. So for me, I think all hands are on deck, Sean Desai. You want to put Jordan Davis on the outside, put him on the outside. You want to put Jordan Davis, keep him on the inside, Jalen Carter on the outside. Everything's got to be mixed up because you talk about multiple looks all the time just from the linebacker hodgepodge uh, idea that we were talking about a second ago. Same thing's going to have to go with this uh, defensive line. 
especially with Milton Williams just get, getting back into it after concussion protocol, um, whatever Fletcher Cox status is, and of course the snap count of your two young supposed defensive tackles and nose tackle and Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis. So it, it's going to be, you talk about a hodgepodge with linebackers, it's going to be throughout that defensive line with the way that Trump decides is going to have them line up as well. And Jalen Carter, as I'm suggesting, may get some snaps outside at defensive end. You watched that Dallas-Seattle uh, game last night? I did. I did. I had a very special father-daughter moment during that nice. game, as a matter of fact. Yeah. What was that? My daughter, she was up coughing last night. You know, I was a little sick, right? She came, She comes downstairs. The game's just starting. She she lays next to me on the sofa, and she goes, she, she, she started watching, which has never happened. And she goes, Daddy, who do we like? And I was like, oh, my God, this is the moment. This is where I teach my daughter hate of the Dallas Cowboys, you know? And I just – I was like, oh, you know, this, the team with the star, we don't really like them. You know, but the other team, the team in the dark blue, they're, they're okay. We don't like them either, but they're okay. They're not as bad. And then she started going, wow, blue. Blue is my favorite color. I'm like, oh, my God, I blew it. She's going to be a Seahawks fan now, you know? Um, and then she watched it, and she was watching it, and she started to get into it a little bit. It was pretty cool. So I had a special bonding moment. She was rooting against the Cowboys. Uh, by maybe the second quarter, so that was good. Um, but uh, I said, "Hey, honey, by the way, what 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 sport are you watching?" And she goes, "Baseball." I go, "Okay, we still got some work to do. Still got yeah, some work yeah, to do. a little, little bit." Uh, <laughs> yeah. but no, I watched that game. I watched that game. I... Drove me crazy that the Seahawks couldn't pull it out. And the way the referees could flag it was such a hard watch with flags on every single play. But Michael Parsons is scary good. Man, that guy can play. And he does as much damage. You'd think of him as just a speed guy. He does as much damage faking outside and then coming back inside. That's what Eagle fans, I think, have to be rooting for this week. Maybe, just maybe, they move Carter outside. Maybe fakes outside, he comes inside. Not only can you get a sack, you could get another uh, Brock Purdy needs to be peeled off the turf type sack, which yeah. I think Eagle fans would appreciate. All right, let me Parsons, real quick. Can I can I ask you a question real quick on that yeah. game? Are we up against it? Which, oh yeah, we got we got, so the, the 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 touchdown that was ruled not a touchdown. I thought I forget who it was with Seattle. He had the ball in his hands, went to the ground with the ball in his arm. Still, it hit the ground. Moved yeah, a I little. Saw, I saw the ball move. I thought that was a possible overturn. Uh, okay. I wasn't surprised by it. I, I wouldn't scream and yell at the TV either way, but it did surprise me. Well, we got to get the break. Mikey well, missed waiting on us. I could go off on a tangent on how they don't let anybody play defense. And I said earlier this year, I think they're actually letting defensive backs play. I thought maybe it was one of those things that the they're flag, 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 flag. <laughs> defensive backs had no shot in that game last night. We'll see if that's the case Sunday between the 49ers and the uh, Eagles. All right, Jordan McDonald in with Mark Farzetta. He's in for uh, Johnny Mack, who had to get over to a Sirianni session. We've got Mike Missanelli joining us next. Man, this is a 97.5 reunion. It's a WIP <laughs> reunion. It's a reunion in general. Good to know that Mikey Miss is up next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. 
With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Football Friday on Bird Street 65. The countdown is on to the Niners and the Eagles. 50-some-odd hours, still dragging, if you ask me. Uh, but we're trying to get you pumped and ready for it. Mark Farzetta in for Johnny Mac. And there he is, Mikey Miss from the Jacob Media Post Game Show and the Mike Miss and Ellie podcast. If it wasn't the Mike Miss and Ellie podcast, what would you call it? Um, You know, that's I've never even thought about that. Really? I got, what, I, what, I, what, I, why don't you guys name it? What would it I got it. Who gots? How about that? <laughs> the Ugats podcast. Come up with it. We got lunacy. How about we call it lunacy? We got 30 go. something, so, man. Usually we'll goes into that area. Uh, good to see you boys this morning. Good to good see, see you, Mike. Michael. Thank you very much for jumping in with us today. Here's where I want to start with you Brock Purdy. What is Brock Purdy in your mind? What Brock Purdy is is that he leads the league in rating, right? I don't, I, I don't know. Listen, they play very conservative. He doesn't throw the ball a lot. They have really a good balance, and and he seems to be a, a quarterback who can manage a game and not make mistakes. But he's got really good talent that can make plays for him. So 
he doesn't scare me per se, but as a unit, they scare me a little bit. And here's the thing about this game, Jody. I, I look at it and I go, okay, there are three point dogs. It's, it's astonishing to me, but it, it's either they're undervaluing the Eagles, which I think people have done all year. They've, I, I, and I don't understand it. They're 10 and one. It's a team that refuses to lose. They're still undervalued or they're overvaluing the San Francisco revenge factor because all this team has done since last year is whine about it and talk and be obsessed with beating the Eagles in this game. So uh, I'm sure that has to play into it, but um, this is, listen, am I going to take the Eagles lightly now? <laughs> because they're like, are they overmatched against? Of course not. They're a team that doesn't lose. They figure out a way to win every week and they're not being valued for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mike, on that note of figuring out a way to win every week, this do you first off, do you agree this is their toughest toughest opponent yes. on the season? And, okay. Now, and then next second will be their toughest opponent too. But <laughs> yeah, this this is their toughest opponent to date. Yes. Sir. Right. All right. So when it comes to this 49ers team, do you get the same sense then? It's oh, it's another cliche. They find a way to win, but then it's also on the other side of it, you can't make mistakes like that against the upper echelon teams. And this 49ers team is pretty much as upper echelon as you can get without being the Eagles. Well, that's the Seth Joyner factor, Farsi. As you know, like, you know, all year long, it's, although he flopped last week on me, I, I wasn't prepared for it. He had some pom poms. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, he had the pom poms out. You, you can't uh, you know, play like this and expect you know, in a uh, tough game that you're going to win this way and the whole bit. I don't know. I mean, I've given up on analyzing the Eagles. They find a way to win. And I expect them to win. It's just like when 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 Elliott lined up that field goal. I had no qualms at all. He was going to make that, and they were going to somehow pull this game out. And it's exactly what they did. And overtime, they take the ball right down the field. He makes some great plays, uh, and, and they and they win. So you know the weather's going to be interesting this this week. It's supposed to be ninety percent rain on Sunday. So I don't know how that affects. Does that affect the Eagles more than it affects the 49ers? Are they going to have to finally uh, just marry themselves to the running game early, which they never do? Will, will that help them um, you, you shape the, the offensive game plan? Brian Johnson got to run the ball in inclement weather. Uh, I don't know. I, and does it affect Hurts more throwing the ball than it affects Purdy because he's more of a, a short pass thrower? It's going to be an interesting factor in this game. And, oh, by the way, if they run the ball – Will they just give it to DeAndre Swift from the beginning of the game? Last week, a guy got all three backs involved in the first half. And and I won't say bad things about either Gainwell or, or Boston Scott. They're both fine. But if somebody's going to break a big run, and sure enough, he did again, it's going to be DeAndre Swift. Why do you think they always wait till they get DeAndre Swift into a five, six, seven straight carry mode? I think they're obsessed with preserving him. Jody, I, I think they look at him like he's a he's a porcelain vase, and uh, you know, he gets a little bit of a fission early, and we can't overuse him because they'll crack. Uh, they are determined to keep him at a certain level of carries. They don't want to exceed it. So, uh, but it's weird that they go away from the running game. I, no matter who's carrying the ball, they, they just go away from it, forget about it, and then they wake up at halftime and they go, oh, you know, I guess we got to run the ball. And I don't know if that's strategic or not. I don't know if that's analytical or, or whatever it is, but I think the weather's got to influence them in this game. And I think they're going to be better off if they establish the run earlier than later. Jody, I want to steal a question you asked me earlier. I want to ask Mike this question. When it comes when it comes to the off the field stuff, the, the trash talk that's gone on since the NFC championship game, how much do you think that plays a factor into this Eagles 49ers matchup Sunday? 
I think that the 49ers are obsessed with winning this game. And when you get obsessed with winning the game, <clears throat> you kind of get out of your, uh, your, your norm. And uh, like I could see uh, like Debo Samuels struggling for extra yards and gets the ball punched out or, or McCaffrey doing the same thing. They're, they're, these guys want to eat the Eagles hearts. Uh, and so you know, when you have that kind of thing, you don't approach it, you know, the way you're supposed to approach it, like professionally. You want to, you know, it's like you, you go back in time, you know, I got to beat these guys ass on the street and, uh, and you start making mistakes that way. So I don't know, may, maybe that plays into it, but, they, but they're, they're, they've been obsessed since last year with this team. They finally got them where they want them. They're a favorite going in there. Uh, I don't know what that does. Does that pump up the Eagles? They love that role. Uh, does it make the 49ers feel that they're superior? And I, I don't know how this is going to play out, but I thought it was very strange that the Niners uh, were a, a solid favorite in this game from the jump. And, and I just think it's because the Eagles are undervalued. Mikey, the uh, Eagles' uh, best wide receiver and – I love Devontae Smith as much as ever. God, when he was in Alabama, I was already on the Mikey on the Devontae Smith bandwagon. But AJ Brown's our best receiver. And two weeks in a row, he hadn't done a whole hell of a lot. Uh, Kansas City, I think, went out of their way to specifically make sure he didn't get anything. He didn't get a lot again last week. And they fill the void. Devontae steps up and Jalen Jalen and everything else. But he is outspoken in that uh, he wants to stick it to his boy Debo. Apparently, they're good buddies this week, and he drops social media. It's Debo crackdown where feel free to just abuse him, whatever you want. He he's throwing logs on the fire to get the fans uh, pumped up about Debo Samuel. What happens if he's only got two targets in the first oh, well, couple yeah. of possessions? I, I, I know exactly where you're going with that. Will, will, there, will there be another animated oh, yeah. conversation well, is, between yeah. he and this, his this best friend, the, Jalen Hurts, on the sidelines? Yeah, this is the opposite effect when I'm talking about San Francisco trying too hard to beat the Eagles. In this situation, he's got that little byproduct thing going with Debo Samuel. So, you know, like he wants to one-up him, and that gets him out of his comfort level. And if he doesn't get the ball early, you know what's going to happen on the sidelines. That's good. But, you know, when that happens, some, something usually good ha- comes out of it. But uh, I, the Eagles, for some reason, have forgotten about that slant that they used to run to him, which was an unstoppable play. And I don't know why. I don't know because the tight end doesn't balance their offense enough and they don't get the right spacing with it. Uh, but that team, that uh, A.J. Brown slant for 15 yards is a money play. And mm-hmm. I think they need to really focus on getting back to get him early. It's like the T.O. days when you had to get him involved early. And then he was engaged for the rest of the game. Get him involved early, a couple slants, get get him going, get a couple first downs, get the crowd going with that. And I, I, you, I think you'll find a different player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, when it comes to uh, anybody other than Jalen Hurts, let's just assume that Jalen Hurts is going to have at least a good game on Sunday in the San Francisco 49ers matchup here. Who is somebody else on the Eagles that you really need to see step up in this game to to maybe steal some of the spotlight and almost play the role of, uh, of hero or at least uh, somebody who's going to establish the momentum early other than Jalen Hurts in this I game? think it's got to be Swift, Mark. I, I really do. I, you know, like last week when he got that 36-yard run, that, that cracked that other team. And that was like a big entry into their soul. Uh, so I, I think like a couple of those bursts, would, would really open this game up for the Eagles and give him a lot of confidence. I think he's the key guy. I think he's the key skill player in this game uh, because I think they have to run the ball in this game. So it, for me, it would be DeAndre Swift. Who else could it be? 
Like I'm looking at like Gamewell hasn't given him much. Boston Scott's a forgotten man. They've got to get something from the backfield. And DeAndre Swift is a money player back there. All right. Uh, I'll stay at that same position. Mike, do you have any fear of Christian on Christian crime? And I'm talking McCaffrey on Ellis. Since it looks like he's going to be getting serious snaps at linebacker, they haven't counted Cunningham out, but he hasn't practiced all week. And uh, rumors have it that doesn't look like he's going to be able to play this week and he could miss even future weeks. Christian on Christian crime. 49ers are coming out on the right end of that one, aren't they? I don't like that matchup. Uh, I, I mean, listen, I tried to forget about the linebackers until you brought them up, but uh, they're going to have to be in coverage too with that tight end. I forget his name, but uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to have to cover. Christian Ellis is not a cover guy. Uh, Cunningham's really not uh, either. Uh, so that's that's a major part of this game. It's a major weakness. So whether they can close on McCaffrey, who's really tough to bring down and finds gaps and uh, but I also think the tight end uh, Kittle is a major player with this linebacker situation. Now, you know, listen, Bayard's going to have to be a, a, a big part of this. Uh, Roby's probably going to be a big part of this. But uh, yeah, I fear that linebacker spot. Uh, I, I don't know. Were they, were they thinking they could bring Shaq Leonard in this week and put a uniform on him and he okey doked them? I said, yeah, you know what? Uh, I need a weekend to think about it. Uh-huh. And and he gets to do that because he's uh, a veteran veteran who's getting paid anyway. So he gets to take his time if he wants to. Um, and I will you would say, think this he would want to be in a game like this, though, wouldn't you, Jody? Yeah, I'll sub this team. We can play against a forty nine first game. Yeah, I guess it doesn't uh, work that way. Uh, it. I hear where you're coming from. It. it I, I would think so too. But he's already cast that die. And oh, by the way, I remember back to this past July when Christian Ellis was picking off both Marcus Mariota and Jalen Hurts in practice. Christian Ellis, shorts warrior. Unfortunately, it's going to be 35 degrees on Sunday, and they're going to have pads. And, yeah, he, he was a preseason star. Don't, don't know a lot of those guys. A lot of yeah. preseason stars. Ben uh, Bon Sumerin elevated <laughs> from the practice squad. Let's party. Well, who knows? Maybe he makes a play. You know, they usually, when, when they've plugged a guy in, they haven't been destroyed. You know, For some reason, they get away with it. Yeah, except for in the slot with Eli Ricks and Sidney Brown trying to play cover corner. Yeah, that's not his his ballywick, at least not yet well, you know, the, the, in his career. Various Ward also, we forgot about him. Will they play him straight up on AJ? I mean, he's pretty good corner. So. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to travel or not. That's a legit question. All right, if it comes down to this, the, I'm, I'm still kind of torn about which way to go in this game. I think it's that close. I think it's that much of a toss-up. But one thing I'm positive of, if the game's on the line and Jake Elliott's going to make a kick, he's going to make it. Mike, is this? I know you're you, you have a warm spot in your heart for kickers. I know how you feel about kickers. Uh, is this the best kicker the Eagles have ever had? He's a, he's listen. Even I have to admit he's amazing. Uh, you know, kickers I always look at as they're a necessary evil, and, and and the reason why I don't like him is not because I don't like him personally. I just have so much respect for the guys that bang each other uh, on every play that the, the kicker got, kind of gets a uh, he skates but uh he's clutch and uh like, like i said mark could tell you i even in that kind of weather last week with the ground soppy there was no question he was going to make that and, and he hit a he hit a line smash too right through it through the the, the, the elements and i'm thinking how's that not blocked I mean, like the other team i don't know this guy is just he makes kicks he'll miss an occasional pat 
but he makes kicks. So if this is going to be a close game, they have a major weapon in, in their favor yep. with this guy. Yeah. I Joey, I just on that real quick, I just want to let, let everybody know. Uh, Mike Missinelli broke the news that Jake Elliott was going to make that kick. Like that's how that's basically Jody how he was telling me. He's like, he's gonna. We're getting ready. We're getting our mics on and everything. Our headsets on to do the post game show. The game's on the TV there at Ocean Casino, and we're we're sitting around. And he just goes, he's gonna make this. And he's like yeah. making a note already that he made it pretty much. And I'm like, I don't know, Mike. It's swampy. It's swampy. It's rainy. He's like, he's gonna make this. He's gonna make this. Yeah, and I told the producer to go take a ten minute run for a cup of coffee. Because it was going to be overtime. Going to overtime. Very yeah, good. I, I, I didn't have any, any any qualms about it. I have I have a lot of confidence in that guy, and he's he's a clutch. You know, he's he listen, he's people tell me he's a good athlete, so I'll I'll, I'll defer. Like he's one of the kickers that you go. Okay, he's a good athlete. <laughs> Mike, I got I got I got a question for you here. When it comes to uh, aside from Jake Kelly, aside from the kicking game, uh, it is something that we've been kind of looking at all season long. And Brian Johnson has taken a lot of heat. I was able to ask the guys this. On the pregame show, I didn't get a chance to ask you this question. Where are you on your ruling of Brian Johnson? What's the job he has done? If it's a pass-fail grade, has he has he exceeded your expectations? How has Brian Johnson done in your eyes as Eagles offensive coordinator and play caller? I'm still on the fence about it. Like, I I, I need more information. Like, you know, that, last week in that first half, it was amazing how people are willing to turn on this guy. Social oh, media yeah. destroyed him. They were fired him after the first quarter. Last week, and then in the second half, he made some really strategic calls, like that that uh, that that screen pass that that he he threw the to the wide receiver or or fake a screen pass, and then he got the touchdown with it. That was a great call in that in yeah. that kind of situation. So, um, I don't know what goes through his head. Like you know, we talked to McMullen. McMullen says this is all Nick Sirianni thing that Brian Johnson just does what Sirianni wants. So. Uh, I'll have to take that under advisement. If if Sirianni's mo is not to run the football and establish run in the first half, is that coming from Sirianni or Brian Johnson? You talk to McMullen, he says it's coming from Sirianni. So I I don't know. I need a little more information on Brian Johnson. We'll see. He's got two clutch games coming up, and they're they're in peril. I could see them losing these two games, even though this is a team that can't lose. We always looked at the Dallas game. Okay, they're going to split with Dallas and. They're tremendous at home. So uh, so this makes this such a key game because if the 49ers then went out, uh, you know, that's a shame that you would have to play the NFC title game there. If the 49ers went out and they had the Ravens, I know, on their schedule. So maybe that's not possible. And Dallas has a couple really tough games coming up. Uh, but this is a really key game for, for the, the Eagles to win because if you win it, you take the 49ers out of the equation. All right. Going to ask a crystal ball question for you, Mike. And it's on the optimistic side, half full crystal ball. And you don't want your crystal ball to be too full, but in this one you do. Um, will Jalen Carter get a sack coming around the outside, either Ooh. on a stunt or they actually move him out to the defensive end position because they're running both of their defensive ends ragged these days and they don't even have Derek Barnett to come in and take a bad penalty. So last week, more snaps than either one of them had ever played in their NFL career defensive end. They got to do something to get them off the field just for a breather every once in a while. Jalen Carter swinging outside and getting a sack. Yay or nay? Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. You know, Seth was talking about last week how they ought to move Brandon Graham into a tackle spot. So maybe they, they, they do some alterations that way uh, because, you know, Brandon Graham can probably handle that kind of a role and it switch it up a little bit and confuse the 49ers. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm, 
I'm a fan of it. And it's one of those things that yeah, Seth loves talking about during the game. Um, you mentioned Jalen Hurts and how people kind of look past him uh, as a quarterback and they kind of underrate him at this point. If that's if you can even say that about a guy that's the front runner for the MVP. Do you believe sometimes we look at athletes and we, we say, well, what are they going to say? What 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 do you expect them to say? He's one of the rare breeds that I actually believe, Mike. When I listen to him after games, listen to him through the week and then watch him play, he is the walking, talking example of never getting too high, never getting too low. When you watch Jalen Hurts, is he one of those few athletes? And listen to Jalen Hurts. Is he one of those few athletes that you actually believe what he's preaching? Yeah. He, he He's like – I, he hypnotizes me. Like when, when he's talking, like I go, I, I sort of rubber my eyes. Like like he's a hypnotist. Like he, he's got this weird little Zen thing going with him, and uh, I think that really serves him well as a quarterback. I don't think I've ever seen a guy with that kind of demeanor. Uh, he's unfazed by stuff, and he's programmed so zombie like and robot robotic. But guys like that don't let motion overwhelm them and make mistakes so i think that's the key part for him like that play he makes where he's scrambling that was left and he moves a guy in a position and throw and forget about that he throws the perfect ball with the perfect trajectory you know that's a play that is one of the great plays you'll ever see and it's mm-hmm. you know, it's like nationally they yeah you know what <laughs> that's a brilliant play like any yeah. quarterback makes that play and they're raving about it. Uh, but I think it's it's hurts because he's so unexcitable. He doesn't catch on and and win the public, like the, not in Philly, outside of Philly. But yeah, he so he is the front runner for MVP. So I then for never mind what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> he well, what I mean is he doesn't get the conversation. He'll get a number. He'll get like he a plus get three the conversation because yeah. yeah, he's just uh, he, he there's no. There's no nothing to grab onto with him. He, he's like into this. He's in a bubble, and he gives you the project these Zen-like type comments, and and then he goes about his day. And uh, it's a very interesting character. He's, and- he's Chase Utley with a little more words, <laughs> only because he uh, has to. Interesting way to look at it. They, yeah, I, I like agree that. with you. That's exactly right. Um, it's funny you mentioned that Mike said, Mark, uh, as he's right now, yeah, Jake's going to make this field goal. Uh, we were going overtime. <laughs> I actually said it on the air. Unfortunately, it's the same thing this week. I'm on CBS at 6 o'clock on Sundays. So I got to watch the tail end of a game if the Eagles play 425 while I'm doing a national show, pain in my ass. <laughs> um, and the host of the show actually asked me, said, listen, is Jake Elliott going to be able to make one from 59 in these conditions? I said, it's Jake Elliott. He's going to make the field goal. So you and I were on the exact same page. And that's where I get your Zen-like Hurts thing. They go to the sideline shot of Hurts as he's getting ready to kick the field goal. And here's Jalen. <laughs> no emotion. Yeah, not, no, 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 no. Like, he doesn't even he, take he, he the time. An eyebrow didn't even move. Yeah, it, he was he just frozen. To pat his line. offense on the shoulder pads and say, "All right, we gotta get him now." It's just like, yeah, okay. We, and, and then they, they just get to drive. It's like clockwork. Boom, 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 boom. And I also think after you made that field goal, they're just going to end in a tie because they, they make the field goal. I thought the Eagles are going to come back and not score a touchdown. They got the ball right down the field, score a touchdown. It's like, okay, well, he he did what he needed to do. He's just one of those dudes. All right, Mikey, I asked this to Mark. I asked it to Damo in hour number one. I'm asking it to you, too. 
I hope that this game is decided by players, that the players make a big play. Somebody, Jalen Hurts, Purdy, uh, Samuel, A.J. Brown, a huge block by Kelsey, whatever. It doesn't matter. Just as, It's a player that we can visualize a highlight, and he just goes outstanding, physically more capable. But a lot of times a coach's decision decides these games. If that's the case this week, before it starts, is there a coaching advantage? Staff versus staff, 49ers staff against the Eagles staff. Does one team enter with a coaching advantage? I think the 49ers have a coaching advantage. And I know uh, Sirianni gets rankled uh, about that when somebody says that there's an edge on the other sideline uh, with the with the coach. But, you know, the 49ers are just so well-designed. What, what he does with that offense and, and sets everybody in motion and gets the best out of everybody – uh, is pretty impressive, and um, and the front is 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 really good. So uh, I assume that their plan would be to get as much heat on on Jalen as possible. That was the plan early to fluster him. Now that's countered by the fact that he looks like he's running well again, and he look, looks like he can get out of there. That that didn't happen earlier in the year, but last week it happened. So um, that's going to be an interesting part of this game. They get heat on him. Can he squirm out of it? But as far as the coaching staff goes, I think that. You know, I don't know how the 49ers lost three straight. I mean, they lost their focus, but uh, they're very well coached. We know that. What is it that you think Nick Sirianni does do well? I, I understand we just talked about John McMullen and his theory is, you know, it's all coming from Sirianni. What, they do what he wants to do. I understand the game plan that's supposed to be, from the way it's been explained from Sirianni, take it for what you will. He does the game plan, and then the on game day, the vast majority of the play calls are coming uh, from Brian Johnson. But if that's the case, assuming that you still have a guy like Sirianni calling the fourth downs and all that stuff, how do you evaluate what Nick Sirianni does well and what would you say he does well? You know, that's like the million-dollar question. And and, so, and, I, and I don't think that people around nationally think that he does anything. But he must be doing something. And I just can't get to it, what it is he does. And I think it's the grit. That, that he shows, which I thought was really going to get old quickly, but there's got to be some something to that. Like, he shows this this grit on the sidelines, and, uh, you know, we, we look at them and we go, well, they're not overly schemed, so, like, what is it that he does? But I somehow his presence gets this team to respond. I mean, they're 10 and freaking 1, so the head coach has to have something to do with that. They Any coach, uh, you know, baseball manager, coach on you know, football, basketball, whatever – is stoic enough to get the best out of their players. That That's what it is. And this guy does something to get the best out of his players. And I can't define it yet. I don't think anybody around the league knows what it is. Because if you ask people, they, would they consider him one of the great coaches in the NFL? I don't think so. He's just there and they're 10-1. I don't know about <laughs> great, but 10-1 is 10-1 anyway. You slide. That's where you started with us today. I, I can't explain it, but they're ten and one, so I'm going to believe they're ten and one. Same thing with Sirianni is the coach of that lose. ten and one team. They, they, they just—it's one of those teams that you go, they can't lose. It's impossible right. for them and to who's lose. Who's the coach they... of that team, Sirianni? So he's got to get the credit I, for he it. Does. He does. I guess he's got to get some credit for that, and we're taking it for granted. Yeah. All right. Uh, here's a legit concern I have, Mike, coming into the game from an equal perspective. Tell me if it's merited or BS. Um, when Mark asked you about what would you grade Brian Johnson and you said, yeah, they the first half, they're ready to social media. I'll go past social media. You heard the booing at the stadium. 
You could hear it on TV that they were booing on a third and whatever decision he made, and they didn't come close to getting a first down. Again, at the time, a 9-1 and one offensive coordinator, but he was being booed in his home stadium last week against Buffalo. And they, of course, rallied and win the game. This game means even more to the fans. They had, Buffalo was nice last week. Good win. Get the 10-1. and one. This is the 49ers. This is more of a rivalry. This is a trash-talking game. If the offense goes badly in the first quarter, the boos could be even louder. They played right to him last week. And this team has a tremendous, and I give Sirianni partial credit for this, mental toughness. This is a very mentally tough team. Could it, if it gets even louder and you fall behind a better team more than you did, could, it, could this get ugly on Sunday? Yeah. Wait, listen, this fan base has very little patience for novices. Like, he gets a shorter leash. Uh, like, if he was a th- second, third-year coordinator who had some success under his belt, then I think – but but he uh, he comes off like a novice with bad plays. There are a lot of bad plays. They they run that foolish tight end screen too many times, and they don't run the ball enough. And you know how this town is. Run the ball! It's, it's like in a Flyers game. Shoot the puck! It's the same dynamic, right? Uh, and, and so when they don't do that, people but, – but it's only because he's the new guy. Uh, and, and he doesn't have that clout yet with the fan base. And we see these bad plays. But I'll tell you what we've seen also. We've seen actually both coordinators adjust to the second half. They're, they they go into halftime and they do adjust. Decide probably more than Brian Johnson. But they do come out doing some different things. I just wish they would mix it in earlier so you don't give the fan base the chance to do that and give them the angst. Now, if they get down to the 49ers by a couple touchdowns, yeah, that's not going to be a good scene. Yeah. Because they're the 49ers, and they're not going to, like, give it up like other teams. Could get ugly. All right, Mikey, miss. We need you on the record. San Francisco versus Philadelphia on Sunday. What will the final score be? You know, I I, – <laughs> the more I think about it, I, I, I was like the 49ers, it's a 49ers line, the, the Eagles, either the revenge thing is big. But, you know, the more I think about it, there's just too much nonsense coming from the 49ers. And the Eagles are just sitting there going, OK. And, and that's interesting to me. So uh, I'm going to uh, reluctantly say the 49ers win this game because I think they're due to win this game uh, and, and they need it more than the Eagles do. They, they, I mean, they desperately need the game. So they're playing with a little more desperation. Um, now, the line, I, I don't know. I mean, this could be a one-point game, so it's a precarious. You know, you take the 49ers to cover, it might be a bad play. If you take the 49ers money line, it might be where to go. Okay, so 49ers, high-scoring, middling, surprisingly better defenses. Uh, I guess I'm trying to reel you in on the under over at 47 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Jody, the, the over under, I will never play another over under because Why? I played, I played the over on, on Penn state and <laughs> um, Michigan state. And it was 42 and a half. And the score was 42, 42 to, nothing. to nothing. Yeah. Now that's, that's, you know, that's a jolt to the system. That kind so of, I, I, yeah, I go, I go. You're, you're off over unders. All right. I mean, I, they can't kick a field goal, Michigan State, for crying out loud. Jody Mack rubbing salt in the Missinelli wounds. I apologize. <laughs> Mike, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, we will be watching on Sunday. Have fun hanging with the guys. Uh, you do a great job on Sundays. Check out the Mike Missinelli podcast, which 
I'm sorry I was too into the 49ers Eagles. I didn't come up with another name. But by the next time we get Mike on again, we'll have an addendum. You're a writer. You have the title and then you have the subtitle. I like, I like Farsi's Ugats. <laughs> I'll do better than Ugats the next time we get you. It's hard Mike. to do better than Ugats. It's hard. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Mike, uh, thanks very much. All right, guys. Take care. Missing every Sunday here on Birds 360, <laughs> not on Birds 365, but on the Jacob Media post game show. All right, Farzad and McDonald coming back. Missinelli says 49ers win, could be a point. He's not even going down the score route. Damo picked San Francisco. McMullen took the Eagles. We'll find out what Farzad and McDonald think next here on Birds 365. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Eagles. 
right. Uh, thanks to Mikey Miss for jumping in with us and uh, Damo last hour. Johnny Mac had to run to a Sirianni session. So far, Zed is in to close out the show with me. Quick review. McMullen takes the Eagles 28-24. Damo picks Sam Fran. Didn't give me a score. Mikey says 49ers win close. Stay away from betting. Um, need your uh, on the uh, line prediction, Mark Farzetta. Are the Eagles going to 11-1, and one, or is it 10-2? and two? We have another biggest game of the year next week against the Dallas Cowboys. How do you see this one going? Uh, sloppy, close, extremely uncomfortable, also known as a typical 2013 Eagles Philadelphia Sunday. Eagles game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly where I was going with that, friend. Uh, but also typical in that the Eagles pull out the victory. And I'll tell you right now, if I'm betting this game, I'm betting the Eagles. I'm betting the Eagles on the money line. I'm saying keep your points. Um, the Eagles right now, I think, are going to win this game 27 to 24. It's going to be sloppy. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be a great game, but it's going to be close, and the Eagles are going to pull it out at the end. But I'll tell you right now, Jody, I hate myself for this pick because what I really want to do is pick the Eagles to win like 34 to 13. Like I, you did that I, a couple the last time you were in here with you had the Eagles blowing out somebody. They didn't blow them out. They won close. They won, but they were close. Yeah, I'm tempted, but 27, 27, 24 Eagles win the game. 27, 24. So close to McMullen, 28, 24. I think it's going to be even more high scoring than that. I, I even in the weather last week, the weather, oh, it's called the score that. No, it didn't. It gave the offenses an advantage because they know where they're going on the defense is a reactionary position. So I think that one of these two teams is going to score in the 30s, and the other one's going to be damn close to it. And I hate to say it, but I think oh. the team that it's going to be in the 30s. Uh, final score, 33-27. Even though I've got the 49ers winning by six, I'm not going to bet the game. They're a three-point favorite. It could be 33-30, and then you get a push. But I absolutely am playing the over. It's 47 and a half. I've got them scoring 60. So that's an easy over for me. I'm saying over more, more, and nothing's more important than the actual outcome of the game. But for those who like to wager, you want to make the easiest bet you can. The easiest bet is the over. A lot of points. Both Purdy and Hertz have big games on Sunday. And uh, Johnny and I will be back on Monday to talk about it. Farzetta, you're heading down to AC for uh, Sunday duties? Yes, I am. Game day responsibilities right here on the Jacob Sports Channel, my friend. Pre-games with Mark Farzetta on uh, Sunday. Uh, you got the Power Hour coming up next with Billy Calarulo. Good luck, Birds. Should be a great game. We'll be talking about it here Monday on Birds 365. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.